if people are fan of labeling people, putting tax on people, put a label on you, your background can make people put a label on you. Your circumstance or situation can make people label you. But tonight, I want you to know that the label that men place on you, which is not from God, God has released an anointing to break that label. Oh, can I feel somebody in the house here? I said every negative label that people have put on you, they have labeled you, they've called you names, they've put you in a certain corner. I came to announce to you that the Lord our God, the label breaker is here. Look at your neighbor and tell them every label on you, which is not from God, is about to break. And tell them God is about to anoint you to break labels on other people's neck hallelujah i want to speak to you on the label breaker the label breaker mark chapter 10 mark chapter 10 mark chapter 10 from verse 46 through verse 52 now they came to jericho and he went out of jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, standing by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He sighed by the side of the road. And I don't know where you are sitting tonight, but Jesus is about to show up in your life, show up in your education, show up in your family. Verse 48, then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rise, he is calling you. Look at your neighbor and tell them, Cheer up. He's calling you. Say, Cheer up. Your miracle is coming. Cheer up. Your blessing is here. Verse 50 says, Throwing aside his garment, he, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? That's an open check. And tonight Jesus is asking somebody, what do you want me to do for you? Maybe I write the amount and don't count the zeros. The blind man said, Rabboni, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Tonight, I don't know what you want to receive, but I came to tell you that before the end of the year, if you have faith enough, you shall receive it. Amen. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. When we started, he was by the road begging for arms. By the time we finished, he was on the road. Your location is about to change. So here's an interesting story of a man called Blind Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. And this guy heard that Jesus was passing. Raised his voice and shouted, Jesus, son of David, after a little intimidation, Jesus gave him attention and he received his sight. Then Jesus Christ said to him that your faith has made you well. Ladies and gentlemen, without faith, it is impossible 
for you to walk in the miraculous. Without faith, it is impossible for you to get to your next level. Without faith, it is impossible for you to accomplish great things. And I pray that tonight the Lord shall revive your faith in him. That you shall dream big. That you shall see big and accomplish great things. So, 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 so there is something called a synoptic problem. I want to settle this so that when you go home and you go and read the Bible, you will not look for me and stone me. Because the same story is in the book of Matthew. You have the same story in the book of Luke. So, the synoptic problem simply means that these synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they are the same, but usually there are some differences in the narration, the accounts of their stories about Jesus. So, we call it a synoptic problem. Now, that doesn't mean that the Bible contradicts itself. Each person's narrates their story about Jesus, their encounter with Jesus, from a certain angle. For instance, Matthew wrote to a Jewish audience. Mark was a student of, 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 of Peter. And Luke was following Paul. So everybody writes from a certain angle, yet it's true. So when you see the, prob- the, the synoptic problem, or the difference is, don't worry at all. So for instance, the one difference is that the Bible says in the book of Matthew that Jesus was getting out of Jericho when this miracle happened. Luke says Jesus was entering into Jericho when the miracle happened. So in, in our head, it's contradiction. And then Mark says, when Jesus was in Jericho, came to Jericho, he was leaving Jericho and the miracle happened. The truth is that there were two Jerichos. There, was, there is the old Jericho and then there is the new Jericho. The old Jericho is destroyed, it's in ruins. The new Jericho is what, where Herod the Great had this lavish winter palace where he was going, he went to go and chill. And kings, uh, leaders after him use the same place. So there's no problem at all. There were two Jerichos. Number two, one account said that there were two people who were shouting, Jesus. Matthew says two, two blind men, if you know the story. But Mark talks about one. Luke talks about one. We, we can settle this also very easily by saying that there were indeed two people but one person was more vocal than the other. So Jesus concentrated on the one. So the one person's story was shared. One was not serious. Mommy has given the revelation. So, so this matter settled. Let's go to the text itself. The first thing you need to notice here is that the guy was not named blind. It was society that placed the label blind on him because of his condition. Oh, can I get a witness in the house here? His, 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 his name actually is son of Timaeus. Bar in Aramaic means son. And Timaeus means honor. So he's son of honor. His father is called honor. So he's son of honor. Yet, the people called him blind Bartimaeus. They described him with his situation. They described him with his condition. And I don't know who is here today. The people are looking at you today. And they are describing you with what you are going through. For instance, they look at you and they call you a broke man. They look at you and they call you a non-entity. They look at you and say you will get nowhere. They look at you and describe you with a sickness. They look at you and describe you with a failure in life. But I came to tell you here today that every label that they have placed on you, there is an anointing that Jesus has released upon the house. By the time you get out of this place, that label is broken. And the power and the anointing of the Lord is about to fall upon your life. You are going to meet people with labels and you will tell them that is not your name. For you have been created in the image and in the likeness of the Lord. I refuse for you to carry that label and when you speak into their lives, those labels shall be broken. 
The guy had a label. But he got to a point, he got sick and tired of the label. Until you get sick and tired of a negative thing in your life, it will remain there. Ah, can I get a witness here? Yeah. Until you get sick and tired, the thing is going to be there. Nobody's going to fight your battle for you. You got to fight your own battle. Don't let anybody give you an identity. Problems come. Conditions come. But we are not defined by them. And don't define yourself by them. Oh my God. I was born in, in Ghana at a place called Kotobebi. I don't know where, if you know where that is. And I was raised, I was raised at a place called Alajo. And when it rains, there is all muddy over there. And you have to put tiptoe on little rocks that have been placed over there. And if you knew me those many years ago, when I was in secondary school, people could label me as the person coming from that neighborhood. But I became born again and I refused to be known and carry that label. Ladies and gentlemen, the story is different today. You cannot connect with my past, but I am not my past. Hey, I said it's my past, but I am not my But how do we break these labels? How? We do it by faith. So I'm going to give you four points that will describe faith to you that will help you to break labels and to cause you to win in every area of your life. <laughs> now before I go there, This is just me. There is, there is initiative faith and there is responsive faith. So initiative faith, for instance, what's your name, sir? Samuel. Samuel is here and, and I am preaching and then he runs to the altar. He prays on the altar. He puts 25,000 pounds on the altar. Something stared him up. The Holy Spirit stared him up. He woke up and came. I didn't call him. But he by himself connected with the Spirit and woke up. That's initiative faith. Responsive faith is when I tell you, go and wash in the Jordan. Then you listen to me and go and wash in the Jordan. You are responding. Can I get a witness in the house here? But blind Bartimaeus combined the two. He combined initiative faith and responsive faith. I pray for you tonight that your faith level will rise. Your understanding of God will be very deep. So that when you take steps, you get results. Number one. Number one. For labels to be broken, number one, you need resoluteness. Resoluteness. Number two. Revelation. Number three. Release the old. Number four. Remain with Jesus. Can we go? Can we unpack the text? So, resoluteness. You can never accomplish anything in good in life without not being resolute, not being determined. It takes determination to accomplish great things. It takes determination for you to make a difference between you and other people. It takes determination to break away from your past and enter into your future. It takes determination for you to be a different person. Mm. Mm. Determination is steadfastness. It's 
unrelenting. It's not giving up. It's being firm in your decision. It's nobody stopping you. So the Bible says, Blind Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was passing. He heard that Jesus was passing. And possibly he had heard that Jesus is a miracle worker. Possibly. And so when he heard Jesus was passing, he said, oh really? I, I cannot see, I cannot see, I cannot see. Then he raised his voice and shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. Hmm. Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. Then the Bible says, and the crowd started silencing him. They said to him, shut up, oh my God. And I strongly believe that it was not only the crowd. I believe the disciples were also part of it. How do I know? In Matthew chapter 15, the Bible says, a Syrophoenician woman brought her came to Jesus for her daughter to be healed. And as she was calling on Jesus, the disciples says, sent her away. And so the disciples are masters of sending people away from Jesus. But blind Bartimaeus said, not me and not this time. I'm taking my miracle. I'm taking my blessing. Ain't nobody stopping me. I am pressing in until I get what I want. This is the attitude God is looking for you from, from you. That's why when you come into church, give your all. And they said, keep quiet. Shh. Shh. No shouting. No dancing. No clapping. All prim and proper. They're too noisy. Mm. They, they, they're saying all of this. And, and they're trying to intimidate him. And let me talk, talk, to, you about, talk to you about intimidation. You, li you live in Leeds. You live in Leeds. And you've you, you grown. You've grown. So you... You cannot be intimidated by certain things, but imagine a, a kid, 10 years, they bring him from Africa, probably was born here, sent him to Africa, brought him back, so the accent is heavy. It's heavy, it's heavy. It's heavy. You know those kids are very intelligent, so they go to their class and, and they ask a question, and, they, and the kid lifts up his hand and, and said, hello, miss, I want to answer this one. And then you, 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 you see the kids who were born here, raised here, who also look different. Some of them look African. And they go, <laughs> What did he say? What did he say? What? They are intimidating him. The intimidation can kill his confidence. So that next time, even if he knows the answer, he will not raise his hand. He will not say anything. That is what sometimes happens to us as believers. When we want to connect with Jesus, there are people who intimidate us. Their face intimidates us. Their looks intimidate us. Their words intimidate us. But I came to tell somebody here that like David, it doesn't matter who stands before you and stops you and tells you it is impossible and tells you don't do it anymore. Keep going. Keep shouting. Keep screaming. Keep pressing on. Because as you keep pressing on, you are going to take your portion. Clap your hands and say, I receive it. They made a mistake. He was resolute. And as they were intimidating him, the intimidation found the flame, the flame of his faith. And he even shouted the more. The more they said, keep quiet, the more he shouted. The more they said, stop shouting in church. Uh, you are making noise. You are praying too loud. You go to church too much. You serve in the church too much. You are doing too much. You are too much. The more you do it. Because therein lies your encounter. Therein lies your miracle. Therein lies your breakthrough. Therein lies your testimony. 
Therein lies your future. You cannot break labels and you cannot rise to where God wants you to be when you keep listening to people. Should I tell you something? Those ones, they also have problems. But they don't concentrate on their problems. And they are concentrating on you receiving your blessing and receiving your miracle. But today, I'm telling you, when you see them doing that, when they try to do that, take your eyes off them and keep your focus. Say to yourself, Jesus and Jesus alone, like the woman with the issue of blood, just say, if only I can touch, let them push you, keep going. Let them insult you, keep going. Let them yell at you, keep going. Let them call your name, but keep going. You have to be determined. Without that, you will get nowhere. To walk with God and to receive from God, you have to be determined. As a matter of fact, in life, to accomplish great things, you have to be there are a thousand and one people who will tell you, stop it. Yeah. Oh, listen, they will tell you it won't work. They will tell you it's impossible. Nobody has done it. They will tell you it's too expensive. They will tell you, where is, ask you, where is the money? They will tell you, you are wasting your time. They said, there are so many people around Jesus. I'm sure there were other beggars over there who were also begging. But while he was shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy, I'm sure they were just sitting there listening to him. You know, there are so many people around Jesus. Why are you making noise? Uh, uh, they must listen to you. You have faith. I remember our church for a long time we were looking for a space for church our church has met everywhere like everywhere everywhere we've met everywhere yeah we've met everywhere everywhere we've met everywhere you know everywhere we've met everywhere I mean we have a, a place of worship but there were, in those days there was nowhere we can't do one service at our place of worship so if it's um, a special service uh, um, Christmas service if it's a New Year service it's Easter service, convention of saints we've had a fasting and a program something, international day we can't, we, so we've met everywhere in hotels, um, community centers we've met party places we have met the, the church is just waiting for where 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 where's the next location? We met everywhere. And then we have we've been praying for a building, and every building we saw, it's either it's too small, or the parking is too small, or the location is not good. Something something. So finally, we found one, which is where we are now huge. I mean, massive. I mean, it is massive. The thing is massive. Right now, we just use about 15% of the whole property. I mean, it's massive. And it's in town. And first thing when we got there, when we saw it, to buy it, the city council, the city, the city, the city government said we shouldn't buy it. And we shouldn't buy it because they will not allow us to do church over there. And the reason why they will not allow us to do church over there is that is because if they give us, give us permit to do church over there, we will not pay taxes. And if we don't pay taxes, they are going to lose a lot of money. We're probably going to lose about, about $150,000 every year. Or maybe more. So they will not allow us to do church. Yeah. So they won't allow us. And I was trying to get our architects to, because it was a warehouse, it was a massive warehouse, and certainly we have to do a lot of renovations, even when, if we go in. So I got our architect, we got an architect, to just do some drawings for us, to tell them that we are not only coming to do church, 
We are going to have a community center. We are going to have after school programs. We are going to have programs for drug addicts and all of those things. So the architect was doing and the architect looked at me and said, Sir, can I tell you to stop this thing? I said, why? He said, this thing is too ambitious. I don't think it's going to work. I said, just, we've paid you. Just do, just, just, just do it. It got so bad, we got a lawyer to help us to see if they can change legislation for us to be able to buy that property at that location. So if they change the legislation, it means then we can do church over there by law. The lawyer started the work, and the lawyer said, you know what, don't. Because I'm, I'm, I'm helping one church. They have, been, they have been going for hearing for the past seven years, and I don't think they are going to win. So don't worry yourself. I am going to find a land for you somewhere to build. I said, I don't need your land. I was resolute. Do you know the label they put on us? They put a label on us. The church who have people but they don't have a location. Oh. We are meeting everywhere. I remember one day I sat in front of the mayor of the city together with my leaders. We did a very nice PowerPoint presentation. Very powerful. When we finished, he says, Reverend, thank you very much. This is really good. Good for our city. He said, but that location, I don't think I have it. And then he offered to give us a high school. The high schools are very big. To give a, a high school for free. One dollar. So that we don't buy that one. We went to go look at the place. I came back. I said, Mayor, I, I still want to pay the millions of dollars to buy that one. Thank you for the offer. He said, well, I'm afraid that's it. Oh, this is just a front part. Oh, this is just a small part. The thing is a whole street. <laughs> this is just a small part. The thing is a whole street. It goes all the way like that. <laughs> so, the mayor said that. And I said to my lawyer, I said, what else? He said, unless we go and challenge it at the city council. I said, okay, let's do it. Back and forth and back and forth and fasting and prayer. Like, like blind Bartimaeus. Praying and fighting. Binding and losing. We shall gather there with our children and everybody at the hearing to listen to our case. They will adjourn it. They will adjourn it. They will adjourn it. We never gave up. We kept pressing in. One day at the hearing, they have this recess and break times. At the hearing, I was in my clerical. <laughs> now I have to look very professional. Clerical. And the mayor, the mayor, the mayor walks to me and he said, Reverend, I think I have a way for us to do this thing. I said, what is it? He said, I will let the city lawyer talk to your lawyer. We are going to create legislation just for you. Only your church to be in that place. Only your church. We create it and it's only your church. That's how we got the place. If you are not resolute, if you don't have determination, they will take you out of your dream. They will take you out of your destiny. They will take you out of the place God has prepared for you. I prophesy over your life that you will rise to the top any vision God has placed inside of you, any dream God has placed inside of you, you are not going to give up. You will keep pressing until you arrive. Shout, I receive it. You have to be resolute. You have to be determined. Oh, yes. Everybody wanted me to give up. The, the people, we, we, we paid money. We paid money to help us. Can I have? We pay money to help us. The, the architect said, I don't want to, I don't want to waste your money. I don't want you to waste your money. I said, we will not waste it. So blind Bartimaeus was resolute. Number two, for you to break labels, for you to accomplish great things, for you to move from the level you are to the next level, you must work in revelation. You must work in revelation. 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 Blind Bartimaeus did not have sight. 
but he had insight. He was blind, but he had vision. There are people who have eyesight, but they cannot see. Some have eyesight, no insight. But a blind guy had insight. You don't have money, but you have faith. You don't have a strong family name, but you have Jesus. Your background may not be the best, but you have the grace of God upon your life. So blind Bartimaeus, no vision, no eyesight, with insight. Everybody was around and then he was shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. I believe strongly one of the reasons why they were trying to silence him was the things he was saying. The names like Jesus, son of David. The term Jesus, son of David. They kept keep quiet. Oh, but he was speaking revelation. Now, the first revelation he worked with was son of David. Son of David is a messianic title for a descendant of David who will sit on the Davidic throne. Every Hebrew person knows that there will be a son of David who will come and sit on the throne of David. In their expectation, that son of David who will be their Messiah will be a military ruler. Who will come and deliver them from the hands of the Romans. And so they never saw Jesus as the son of David. They saw Jesus as one of the prophets. They saw Jesus as an imposter. But the guy who was blind, um, who didn't see him, who in the realm of the spirit got the revelation that this is the one that the prophet spoke about. This is the one that Moses spoke about. This is the one that Nathan spoke about. This is the one that sits on the Davidic throne. So he shouted, Jesus, son of David. And Jesus said, mm, somebody struck a nerve. Somebody is walking in revelation. Somebody is saying something that nobody knows about. Although people know, but they, they, they don't know that I am the person. And he said, she's a son of David. And he said, have mercy upon me. He saw Jesus as the dispenser of mercy. He saw Jesus as, oh my God. He saw Jesus as the one who in spite of our guilt, his mercy takes away our guilt and the punishment of our sins. When you say mercy, you are saying that somebody says somebody should have mercy on you. You have admitted that you are guilty of an offense. And so they should just pardon you. So when blind Bartimaeus said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. He is saying that the condition I am in, I don't know whether it's the Adamic sin. I don't know whether it's my parents who sinned. I don't know whether it's me who sinned. But the state I am in, I am guilty. I have sinned. I don't know how it came. I have sinned. Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. Then Jesus said, Ash again. This guy is talking revelation. Because of his mercies, we are not consumed. His compassions, they never fail. Ah. Have mercy upon me, son of David. Number three. He said, Jesus, son of David. He said, have mercy upon me. Then he called him Rabboni. Check the text. Verse 50. He says, Rabboni. 
Rabboni. Rabboni. See, many people knew Jesus as a rabbi. A rabbi is a teacher. Rabbi is a, is a teacher as opposed to student. Or a master as opposed to a servant. But when you say Rabboni, you are saying my great one. So Jesus is walking around and people have all, they all have this impression about him. Then that's how the religious leaders are always fighting him. The disciples, they don't even know who he, who he is and the, he, who he was. And Jesus will ask, who do men say that I am? And who do you say that I am? Then some say, yeah, John the Baptist. Some say, but who, what do you, who do you? So they don't even know. But yet a blind guy said, Rabboni, my great one revelation. The level of your revelation about Jesus will determine how far you will go in life. And for us, for you to have revelation about Jesus is spending time in the word of God. Somebody say revelation. Oh, somebody say revelation. Somebody say revelation. It's, it's nice for, for us to be passionate about the things of God. But zeal without knowledge doesn't help. So your zeal must be backed with knowledge. Revelation of Jesus. Oh. So that if you have a revelation of Jesus... There are certain things you do people will not understand. And don't say sorry for it. If I have a revelation about Jesus, and I know, I know, and I know that Paul and Silas, after they prayed, they began to sing, and their chains fell, and I'm reading this, and I cut that revelation, and I come into church, and I'm singing, and I'm dancing like David danced, because I want a miracle and a blessing from God. You who don't have that revelation, you are going to accuse me, you are going to talk against me, you are going to mock at me, but I'm not going to mind you, because I am working with my revelation about Jesus. Somebody's revelation for what they must do is to maybe arrange their chairs in the church or, or vacuum or vacuum the church or clean the church. That's their revelation. So they put their degree on the side. They put their beauty on the side. They put their accomplishment on the side. And they are doing the dirty work in the house of the Lord. When you are trying to intimidate me, I refuse to be intimidated because I am working with a revelation and if you keep walking in that revelation, the Lord will bring you elevation. I'm telling you, don't listen to the culture. Don't let anybody stop you. What you know, what Jesus reveals to you, what he tells you to do. We hear differently. We see differently. That's why blind Bartimaeus got healed. And some other people didn't get healed. The difference is revelation. <laughs> what you know about Jesus, don't let anybody stop you. Sometimes the reason why they, they say you go to church too much, you're a student. Why are you always in church? Why are you spending all this time? The revelation you have is enough. Keep it. Keep it. Sometimes fellow Christians, they'll say, why are you going to church? Are you the one who killed Jesus? Even Paul is dead and gone. Mm. In our church, two people who are doing a certain academic program, these are adults, that's the adults, we probably go in their teeth. 30s by then, maybe 32, 33, they're about. The same program. They were in the same institution. When they meet in class, one person tells the other person, the way this program is very difficult, why you keep going to church? So me, I've skipped going to church on Sundays. I use Sundays to read study and after that sleep and go to work and the other person said 
my understanding of God is that if I walk right with him, when I sit behind to read, I don't need to be there for too much of a long for a long time. He will give me an understanding. And the other lady said, You wait, when you fail, then you see what I'm talking about. And she said, I am gonna fail. Guess what? The school that they were in had an issue with the state. So the state said, this last badge of students, once they write their exam, they are going to take their license off there from the school. And so everybody must pass. That program, if you fill one class, you are done. When they wrote the exam, the one who was coming to church on Fridays, who was serving the group on the weekday, who was in church every Sunday, passed. And the one who took exit from church and took leave from church to concentrate on work and study, failed. And guess where the person landed in my office? Oh, Rev. Rev, I spent too much money. Tens of thousands of dollars. Imagine if the other lady listened to her. She was what would have failed. When you catch revelation, close to your heart, keep it close to your heart. That's how, that's the difference. So as for me, I tell people, my rock is not like your rock. I will do some crazy things because I believe in it. And if you try to talk me out, I'm going to shut you down and I will keep going. My result will determine whether it was God or the figment of my imagination. Somebody say revelation. Ah, somebody say revelation. Somebody say revelation. If you catch revelation, it changes everything. Changes everything. It will fix everything around you. Number three. Release your cloak or your cloth. Anybody has like a jacket or a cloth I can use or something like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, thank you, mama. Thank you. Thank you, first lady. So, blind Bartimaeus, you know he's a beggar. He does his profession. He probably was dependent on people. Because those days there was no white king, so somebody must hold you around. And he's begging. And he's heard Jesus was passing. And he shouts, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon him. He said, shut up, keep, keep quiet, shut up. He kept shouting. He kept shouting. Then Jesus said, hmm, there's so much noise here, but I can hear somebody's voice in the spirit. This one is different. So Jesus stopped. Then the same people who are shouting and saying, keep quiet, shut up. When Jesus stopped, they said, cheer up, he's calling you. <laughs> Human beings. Human beings. Human beings. Human beings. Oh, cheer up. He's calling you. So, Jesus said, when Jesus called him, he said, he's calling you. So he decided he has to go. Now remember that he was blind. He's blind, number one. Number two, he's probably sitting down and there could be some monies that he's collected which was on his cloak. Money over there. Now, maybe if it were me, when he said, he's calling you, I would have done this money in my armpit. Gotten up and I'll ask, where is Jesus? Because if I go, and somebody will take my money too. If I go a peradventure, he doesn't heal me, I have my money. He doesn't heal me, at least I still have my money. I still have my piece of cloth that I've been using to collect the money. 
but with blind Bartimaeus as he sat down and they said he is calling you look at the text closely they said he is calling you the Bible says throwing away his cloak he went to Jesus he threw away do you know what that means even though the miracle of him seeing hasn't happened he dissociated himself from the old life He said, I'm not seeing yet, but as I'm going, I know that I'm going with a one-way ticket. I'm not coming back to begging. So anything that reminds me of begging and blindness, I leave it behind and I go to Jesus. This is the attitude that God wants from you. You want a situation to change? You want a condition to change? He's saying, change your language. <laughs> he's saying change the way you see things he says stop thinking like a millionaire if you want to be a millionaire he says stop thinking like a non-entity don't be talking like how other people talk you are cutting yourself from poverty I haven't seen the money yet but I'm walking around like a rich man I haven't seen the wife yet but I'm walking around with a partner who will take me to high places I haven't seen the business yet but I'm talking like a businessman. I haven't seen my staff yet, but I'm, I can see, I can see in the spirit, the people who are serving me, who are working for me, and I'm paying them. I can see it. I cut myself off anything. That reminds me. Cut it off. Change your thinking. Oh, but, but the miracle hasn't happened. No, you cannot hold on to the old for the new to come. Pastor Sam, right? Pastor Sam, come. come. If I have to give come with the iPad. If I have to give you something that you desire, let's say five million pounds. And and you are holding onto a hundred pounds but you want five million pounds and the same hands you are holding with you have to let go what is in your hands to be able to create space to receive the five million as long as you are holding onto the hundred pounds you will never but 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 the moment you put it away you are saying people are saying but you throwing away, throwing away the hundred pounds. How sure are you that the five million won't come? They are saying, how sure? But you have faith. You have said to yourself, I've cut off the old. I've cut off the old. I'm not going back anymore. I'm looking forward to what is coming. Because you have emptied your hands, Jesus puts in your hands what you need. Until you let go of what's in your hands, something new will not come into your hands. I speak into somebody's life here. I see greatness in your life. I see honor in your life. I see elevation in your life. I see men and women who are CEOs. I see people who have employed 50 people, 100 people. I see people with big businesses, people with big ministries. I've seen people who are doing great. So stop thinking like you are a nobody. Let it go. Let the old go. Let the new come. When I became born again, I decided to cut myself off. Certain things. So when you see me walk and I walk gorgeously, it was a decision I made very early in life. That my mama is not rich. My daddy ain't rich. But me, I'm rich in Christ. So you can decide to connect me to my daddy who was working hard but nothing was coming. But I said to myself, I may look broke but I don't think broke. I don't talk broke. I don't act broke. I act like a rich man. I walk like a rich man. I walk like a man of influence. Ladies and gentlemen, I have been doing that and I'm seeing God working it in my life. 
can you receive your portion? Let it go. Let it go. Release something. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Don't hold on to it. Let it go. Some people are holding on to relationships that will get you nowhere. Some boyfriend be. Some girlfriend be. Who represents your, your, your defeat. Let them go. But what if nobody comes to marry me? Oh baby, if you don't let go, you will not be able to receive what is coming. Throw it away. hasn't received a miracle but he threw it away and he made space create space for God to work in you and work through you create space let's bring you home the verse 52 said the man who was by the roadside after so he comes to Jesus Jesus says your faith has made you whole which means that faith is simply divorcing myself from what holds me down and acting and believing as though I have received my miracle even though I have not yet received it. When I start acting that way, the blessing comes to me. So after that, my last point, remain with Jesus. So the guy got get healed and the Bible said he was by the side of the road. 52, he followed Jesus. Do you know why Jesus Christ will, will make you big? Do you know why Jesus will make you stand out amongst your friends and amongst your family members? Do you know why Jesus Christ will take care of your situation and condition? He does that so that you follow him. Remain with him. The grace and the anointing that brings the miracle is the same grace and anointing that sustains it. Immediately, he received his sight. He followed Jesus. Some of you are going to be very big. Like massively big. Like mega big. Remember today. That when God turns your captivity around. When God lifts you up. When God put the first money. That, that contract that you put in. That the first 100,000 pounds. One, at one go. 200. Quarter of a million. Into your hands. Remember to continue to follow Jesus. To break labels, to soar, and to go higher in life. Number one, you got to be resolute. Number two, walk in revelation. Number three, release the old. Number four, remain with Jesus. God bless you. I love you.